What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, before we start the show, let's talk about the after party on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth podcast, but this one is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, and our personal lives, all the stuff we can't get away with on the free show, and it's generating all kinds of comments and conversation on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Don't miss out. Please help support this show by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just $10 per month. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Happy New Year! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I just noticed something that in one of your interviews with John Candy, I believe, it looked like an older interview, you had less hair than you have today. How do you explain that? I uh, don't wear a wig, sir. Paint your bald spot? What bald spot? You paint your bald spot? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. My hair grows. You paint your bald spot. I don't have a bald spot. How come you had less hair on the tape? <laughs> Maybe my hair grew. Maybe I had a bad haircut that day. You paint- By the way, something. What do you care? Paint your bald spot? I don't. Do you paint your bald spot? Paint your bald spot? <laughs> you sick of Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Hair grows. It grows. Maybe I had a bad haircut that day. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 5, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 1,447 of the Trump crisis, 15 days until Inauguration Day, and let's bring him in. It's my good friend, Buzz Burbank. Hi, Bob. You say Buzz Burbank. You said it all. Buzz, hi, hi. My hair, my hair grows. <laughs> hi, 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 Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, in, in case we've been away for a while, so let me clarify this. He's Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm Buzz, and we only need eleven thousand votes. <laughs> Did you have? It's good. It's great to talk to you, Bob. Did you have? Uh, I guess we we obviously spoke on New Year's Eve. We'll yes. be talking about that. But did did you have a nice holiday overall? I did. I did. It was very relaxing, very restful. Me too. Me. Too. I, but I already missed the Christmas music, ah. um, which is unusual. Okay, you know, normally it's playing in stores and it drives you nuts and it's on the radio. But uh, we weren't out in the stores, you know, so we didn't get as much. I didn't mm. get as much at least Christmas music this year, so I missed it already. Sure. And who who knew? Who knew that the number one Christmas album this year would be Trump's phone call? <laughs> I did not a, see that coming. Perfect call. So far, yeah, and I think you'll agree with this, too. I know a lot of people do. Uh, so far, 2021 feels a lot like 2020, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, professional referees have already called a foul on the new year for delay of game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with that one because I don't understand sports things. So yes, I guess that is a penalty. <laughs> I, I don't either, and yet I'm convinced it worked. Uh, did, did, did you see this I, in the news? I I don't know how closely you were paying attention while we were away. Yeah, a little bit. We were away at all. Yeah. But uh, Trump wants a ship 
named in his honor. Oh, yeah? Actually, there already is one. It's called the Titanic. Whoa! I hope Donald Trump is propeller guy. You know the guy who falls off and lands right on the propeller? <laughs> as you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, as you know, Congress votes tomorrow on whether to overturn the election. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Bob, mm-hmm. Benedict Arnold called to say, what the fuck? The Bob <laughs> Show. Have a joshy holly treason. It's edition time of year. I don't know if they'll overthrow the government with their smear. Nope. Have a joshy holly treason. We'll see proud boys in the street. Say hello to overthrow. They won't accept defeat. Missile codes he still has, you see. Somebody staging a coup. Arrest them now for me. <laughs> Have a joshy holly treason. With our election, they interfere. Oh, by golly, it's a joshy holly treason again <laughs> next year. Oh, yeah. Rocky Mountain Mike. Oh, and one more thing. Happy New Year to you in jail. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> the great Rocky Mountain Mike. One last Christmas song parody to uh, wrap up the year. How about that? Beautiful. Yeah, I see, now absolutely. I don't miss the Christmas music so much because I got a little I got a little taste of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, uh, while we were doing that song, I just went into the other room and painted my bald spot. I just had a, <laughs> just a little squirt of uh, color up What's there that? and everything's fine. <laughs> GLH, I think it was called, Great Looking Hair, and it was uh, basically spray paint for the uh, maternal, uh, not, not maternal, what do they call it? The, yeah. Uh, the, the bald spot that men get. Yeah. And, and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing greater than people calling up to troll Larry King. Larry King was uh, hospitalized with COVID. We shouldn't make fun of the ill. I, I wish we had the rights to your harassment of uh, Larry King. I wish we had the rights to that tape because that's... Uh, <laughs> the rights? He, do do, yes, do he, we actually need the rights, Buzz, to play that? I, I, I would, I don't know, maybe not, but, you know, I, I like to play it on the safe side. Maybe we can get to it sometime. I don't, yeah. But he, Here's the thing I want to say about Larry King. Uh, no, we we wish him the very best. Yeah. That man has been through the mill. He's had uh, heart attacks. He's had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had like a quintuple bypass surgery. Yeah. Uh, he's diabetic, and and now he has COVID nineteen. He's eighty seven years old. I heard he was in Cedar Sinai with COVID at eighty seven, and this medical history of his that's as long as your arm. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, there's no way he can survive that. And yet we get word today that he's out of the ICU, breathing on his own. And I mean I mean this in the kindest possible way. The man is a cockroach. There is no <laughs> killing Larry King. There isn't. And le- that's literally the case, Buzz. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Larry King admitted maybe it was five or six years ago in this roundtable discussion that included uh, Conan O'Brien for some reason. He had a bunch of celebrity <laughs> friends over, and they had this dinner, and they had this roundtable conversation where Larry King announced to the entire table of people that he was going to be cryogenically freezing himself as soon as he got sick with an incurable illness so that when they finally discovered the cure eventually sometime in the future, they would unfreeze him and give him the cure. Now, in this case, maybe he froze himself. Maybe he asked them to freeze him (laughs) cryogenically for a few days until the vaccine was ready. That's entirely possible, given that he's probably made plans along these lines. I mean, he's got all the money, so he can probably set that up. He can probably arrange it. And since he was in the ICU, I mean, how much closer to death could he possibly be? Been there. But, you know, I I, I figure... I figure uh, I, f- I figure he made a, a deal with the devil was kind yeah. of my, my thinking. Uh, anyone in the frozen food industry will tell you, <laughs> you you will have no success freezing bad produce. It just isn't going to happen. I mean, if it's already spoiled, there's just no sense in freezing it. Why do you care? Why do you <laughs> why you care? Why do you there's care? not even a do in there. It's, why you care? Why you care? <laughs> My God. Well, more importantly, uh, we should send out huge get well soon, you bastards, messages to Stephanie Miller, Chris Lavoy, Travis Bone. They all have tested positive for COVID. Uh, I think uh, Stephanie and Travis most recently, uh, Chris Lavoy was tested positive 
sometime around uh, before Christmas, I believe. And then there was a two week period of time in which he was isolated and so on. And then he's starting to test negative subsequently to, to that. But, oh my God, it was a shock. I mean, I turned on the show Monday morning and suddenly everybody's got COVID. I think Stephanie Miller ended up getting it while she was on her way home or possibly while she was in North Carolina to see her mom mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately a, a tragedy. And then Stephanie announced this morning that her mom also tested positive and, and her mom is very, very old. I think her mom is older than Larry King, if that's even possible. That's the situation with them. And I, I can't even imagine being in that place where we're on the cusp of getting mass distribution of the vaccine after a, almost a year of sacrificing in terms of time, isolating, changing your entire lifestyle, making sure right. you don't take chances, making sure you're safe and following all the protocols, and then you end up getting it anyway. I mean, that's got to be immensely heartbreaking. I mean, talk about getting almost to the finish line and ha, huh, there it is. You're suddenly socked with this virus. So, so damn close to the I, end. I, I I'm, my fingers are so crossed for all three of them because <laughs> yeah, yeah. even, and, and they're generally young and healthy. Look at Lavoie for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, he's he's in pretty good shape. Although mm-hmm. it was like, hey, you know, it would be, I, I, I don't know if I should say this out loud. Feel free to edit it out. But uh, <laughs> I hope he still has his sense of smell because he does have that scented candle business. Oh yes, so, that's right. Right. Uh, that would right. be that would be crucial. So I mean, banded uh, we, masculine. We, we, yeah. We, we 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 hope the best for for all of them and their health. But you know that was just a weird sort of perverse thought that occurred to me that uh, he he needs and and you know it happens. So I hope they're all well and I hope yeah. none of that happens to them. Uh, like I said, they're all relatively young and and healthy and uh, you know so I I'm. I'm I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm very hopeful. Uh, I you know they can certainly deal with this. I think, but it's just uh, devastating that they even got it. Yeah. I was almost faced with having to make a a similar trip uh, that that Stephanie made, and I'm so glad that uh, things are better. Uh, you know, with my own parental situation. Oh, good. And that 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 trip was not necessary. So yeah. It yeah. it certainly made me stop and think as well. Oh yeah, I know. It's a tough decision to make when you've got older parents and they're sick for some reason and you're miles and miles away or right. hours if not days worth of travel away and mm-hmm. then there's the pandemic on top of that it's nearly yeah. impossible but when you're talking about older relatives who may not have many many uh, more uh, days if not years to live you kind of have to weigh the options and as far as Stephanie right. goes she did the only thing that she could do in that situation right. she right. took all of the necessary precautions uh, she was able to see her mom, and I think that's the, the most important thing. And you know what? Look, going back to what you were saying, Stephanie, Chris, Travis, they're all immensely fit. I mean, if mm-hmm. Stephanie's always talking about her and I going on a bike ride at some point when the pandemic is over, right. she would drop me in a second. I mean, <laughs> I would just be huffing and puffing in the first 10 miles, and she would be off and away on mile 60, and I'd still be trying to catch up. So I will, I them, will be yeah. I will be the guy standing along the track handing you two cups of water. <laughs> That's good. That'll be necessary for me. Absolutely. Uh, God, I, again, so close, so close to the end here. And uh, But that just shows you, that just emphasizes how infectious contagious. this is right now, how contagious, how and rampant then, it is all and, over the place. You just can't avoid it. And soon to be more so. We've seen how quickly this variant has spread in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Britain. Now we understand there's an even more virulent strain out of Africa. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's going to happen here. Viruses, uh, viruses mutate. Mm-hmm. And that mutation can occur anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'd be surprised uh, if in some of these cases they were never able to find... Uh, what the contact was for the Americans who've gotten the new strain uh, because uh, it may have mutated in them. We just don't know yet. So there's so much to learn, but it, it, it certainly is a reminder. I mean, things are unbelievably in terms of the pandemic getting worse, not better. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's so soul crushing. Yeah. At the same time. And we seem to be getting close to the end. I mean, I've been talking about how close we are to the end, but uh, who the fuck knows what's going to happen next? I mean, that's been the case well, for the past uh, four or five years. It's just like our, we're, we're just all hanging on tenterhooks. We have no idea what happens from minute to minute. Our, our handling of it will change, yeah, I think, on yeah. January 20th, and we'll continue to evolve after that. But the 
the <clears throat> the moves that it, it will take to improve our situation begin on January 20th. That's right. Well, meanwhile, uh, our New Year's Eve show was a huge oh success. God. I mean, oh Quite my fun. Oh my God, just barely begins to summarize my thoughts and feelings about how uh, everything went on Thursday. I had no idea what to expect. We had never gotten together a group that no. big where we were all separated all across the country and it all seemed to come together. I mean, I couldn't have planned it better. It couldn't have come together more perfectly. It was such a True. fun hour of, of doing True. the show. Thanks again to uh, Jody Hamilton, Sean Barton, uh, uh, of course, our, our T-Rex, David Ferguson, Dave Martin, his recording partner, Kimberly Johnson, Rocky Mountain Mike, and of course, you, Mr. Burbank. Uh, you can still listen, by the way, if you want to. It doesn't have oh, to yeah. be New Year's Eve in order to listen to the show. It's too much fun to just ignore because it's no longer New Year's Eve. Yeah, get it. Uh, listen to it. It's not too late. I have I've listened to it several times, and I know I'm not alone. I know other people have done the same. Uh, I would just want to say about the show, what a great group of people. And it was for us, since we tend to do our shows separately, it was a great bonding experience for this group. And uh, I, I am forever grateful for that. And uh, like I said on the show, uh, letting me play with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I think that's the case. I think with both of us, we got to play with all the, uh, all the cool kids. It's just. It's fun to get everyone together. It's almost like the Avengers movies, where you know you watch the individual <laughs> heroes perform in their separate movies, and then they all get together in the uh, Stephanie Miller cinematic universe, and we all conglomerate and uh, and have a good time. That was yeah, certainly was a good time. It was, it, everyone it was, was saying great. it's almost like getting together with a group of friends. And even mm -hmm. David was observing toward the end, you could kind of get the sense that everyone was starting to move toward the. Door and get their jackets and so forth. It really had that collective group party goodbye, atmosphere. Goodbye. And, yeah. and, and the kind of goodbye where nobody really wants to say goodbye. They know it's time. And mm -hmm. so we kind of extend the goodbye. I really enjoyed the last, <laughs> what, five minutes or whatever of That's that right. show. That's right. We just couldn't, yeah, we couldn't close the door, car door and, and say goodbye. That's right. So thanks again to everybody for listening and thanks to everybody uh, who participated in that show. God, that was a good time. Okay. Yeah, it was. So uh, going from great times to. So, uh, what's new? Yeah. <laughs> Trump. Trump continues to uh, try to undermine the results of the election. He continues to try to steal this goddamn thing. And we have this phone call now. And there was an ongoing debate up until this phone call dropped in terms of, and I even wrote about it for Salon. Is Donald Trump just going through the motions as a kind of a cynical cash grab to accumulate some sort of campaign war chest that he can use for rallies and maybe another run for the president in four years? Or does he legitimately believe that there's a way to overturn this election? It turns out, yeah, it's the latter. He's maybe there's a bit of a cash grab it's going both. on on the side. Yeah. It, yeah, but I mean, it's mainly this. He is absolutely 100% for real because we we're hearing this from a private recording. If he was saying yes. this in public, we'd go, well, this is performance art for the Red Hats and the Yokels. But no. in this case, because it was a private conversation... Behind we, the scenes, the real Trump. Yeah, we have to assume that this is for real. Our but, much maligned free press has uh, has <laughs> already drawn the connected the dots and drawn the connections between the very claims that Trump was making on that phone call and uh, posts from 4chan and QAnon. Yeah. Uh, Trump has been listening to the craziest of crazy people. He fired Sidney Powell, the attorney, for uh, her belief that uh, the dead Hugo Chavez had influenced the 2020 election yeah. and yet uh, brought her back into the Oval Office to discuss using the military to keep him in power. And, and to discuss making her, the woman he'd just fired for making idiotic claims, making her a special counsel to investigate. He, the man is deluded. Yeah. Uh, he, he does believe that he's been cheated, that he's been wronged. Uh, and this, by the way, is one of the things that makes him very hard to prosecute, uh, nearly impossible. And here's why. I was infuriated, as I know other people will be and would be, by a headline I saw today that said, uh, yada, yada, but prosecuting him will be difficult. Hmm. And that made me so mad. Why, why, why? Well, I've looked into that, and the answer is because uh, the laws that Trump has broken here, like so many laws in our country with so many other defendants, 
uh, the prosecutor is required to prove intent. Mm. And if you are deluded and ignorant, if you don't know you're breaking the law, if you believe that what you're doing is right and a prosecutor cannot prove that you knew it was wrong, then the case will fail. The one caveat is that is that uh, Trump, by saying uh, find the votes, find, the word find indicates he knew that the votes were not there, but yeah. he wanted them found anyway. That could be a key to proving that he had intent, but that one word isn't probably enough, and as I, I think just put in my script for this week, uh, it, it would take uh, an investigation that is both brilliant and lucky uh, in order to prove intent. But we should absolutely try. We should absolutely investigate. Investigating is something we can do, even whether prosecution uh, succeeds or not. God, I tweeted this last night, and, and fortunately, I think it's getting a little bit of traction on Twitter. But, you know, this is what I keep coming back to psychologically, mentally, emotionally, as I see these things go down, this ongoing effort to subvert American democracy, the sovereignty of the American voter, is you shouldn't be allowed to do what Trump is doing right now and then go on to enjoy a normal life afterward. No, I mean, no. And, 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 you know, the conservatives have always talked about, uh, well, we need capital punishment as a deterrent to crime. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. what would deter, what deters crime is the enforcement of laws and uh, mm-hmm. the punishment of, if you want to set an example, if you want to keep this Trump or not, if you want to prevent this from ever happening again, he has to be prosecuted. Yeah, he yeah. has to be investigated and prosecuted. And I'm increasingly confident at the state and even county level that he will be. And these are crimes for which he cannot pardon himself. No one should be surprised by this. I mean, there are members no. of Congress who are walking around with their shocked faces on, like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, oh my God, I can't. I never thought I'm retracting my vote for him in 2020. It is just like, ah, oh, come on with this nonsense. This is the way he has operated from the very beginning. We were warning everybody about the fact that Donald Trump will shave the edges off of reality in order to get what he wants. He'll shave the edges off of the, the truth. He will subvert the law to do what he needs to do in order to elevate wow. himself, enrich himself, and the right. whatever else. Make himself more powerful. This is how he operates. And the quid pro quo with Ukraine, the cheating in the 2020 election that began in, what was it, April of 2019, for God's mm-hmm. sake, is when he started that plot to cheat in the election. Uh, that was just an example. Adam Schiff said it best when he was yep. Presenting his argument on the floor of the Senate as we, during the uh, the Senate impeachment trial that this is something that Donald Trump has done over and over and over and over again. We saw it with Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger. And we saw it with uh, Ukraine and Zelensky, and I'm sure it happened with China and uh, Turkey and Russia and whoever else is willing to sit there. North Korea, who will sit and listen to his bullshit. It's and, not and surprising it, in the slightest. And as Mr. Schiff pointed out, uh, he would do it again. Mm-hmm. He promised uh, the other lawmakers that Trump would cheat again, that he would do it again if they didn't stop him then. And guess what happened? You know, uh, Susan Collins saying, I think he learned a lesson here. No, he learned what he learned was he could get away with it. And yeah. now he's done it again. And, and uh, I, first of all, I want to say about the Republicans who have expressed outrage, uh, I, I can't say this often enough. We must learn to accept the allies we can find, even if they are temporary and unreliable. Uh, and I think some Republicans are genuinely shocked and outraged. I mean, they've always known he was Trump. I don't think they ever thought it would go this far or that this moment would come. Uh, Tom Cotton, for example, did a very clever thing when the Republican senators were being sworn in the other day. Uh, he made them vote first on whether they were willing to accept the results of their mm. own election, which was the same election that elected Joe Biden. Yeah. So he made them underscore their hypocrisy. Uh, things are happening. Things are being done. And, and a majority of the Republicans will not do this, but a frightening number will. And, and so this isn't just Trump. This is Trump and Pence and roughly 140 uh, representatives in the House and roughly 13, at least 13 senators, uh, are, are all part of an act of sedition, an act yeah. to overthrow yeah. 
an election and, uh, for all intents and purposes, the government of the United States. And I don't know how much of this we can prove or how much we can prosecute. We can certainly prosecute it at the polls. Yeah. We can certainly make sure these people never serve again. Uh, impeachments would go a long way with that, but who has the time? So, uh, you know, I, I, but but it, it must be pursued in order to keep it from happening again. Well, what's really creepy about this, on top of the illegality, on top of the subversion of American democracy, is the fact that this is entirely pathological buzz. I mean, this is Norman Vincent Peale times a thousand. This is the power of positive thinking taken to a toxic level where yeah. he is psychologically, maybe down to his DNA level, he is incapable of accepting this sort of thing. He is not Lost wired to, yeah, he can't mm-hmm. do it. He is right. physically incapable of doing it. It's like what Lawrence O'Donnell said this uh, like a month ago, that he is just as incapable of accepting the results of this election as he is of running the New York Marathon. He physically cannot do it, so therefore... Right. If he were to suddenly break from his Norman Vincent Peale cult follower kind of mindset here with the power of positive thing, if he were to walk away from that, I think his whole world would collapse around him. Everything that he has perceived, it's like you're pulling that Jenga block out and then suddenly everything that Donald Trump believes disintegrates right in front of his face. And because I guess... It's the only thing really keeping that darkness at bay (laughs) inside his own mind. I mean, I hate to put him on the couch like this, but this is something that we need to talk about because it's really this sinister, demented pathology, this warped version of positive thinking, the warped version of manifestation that's taken to the most extreme extent where he's now in the process of subverting everything that uh, countless Americans have fought and died for over the years. True, true. And it's not just him. It's his cohorts in Congress. It's it's what we need to start calling, as I'm stealing this from somebody else, and I think you should steal it for me and everyone <laughs> and that is uh we need to start referring to those lawmakers as the radical right yeah exactly uh, that's how we have been labeled as the radical left and i think it's important to underscore and play the same game and uh, simply refer to them as the radical right mm-hmm. uh, mitt romney is not part of the radical right he's a republican uh john Kasich. i i will always disagree with these men on policy but I think they do understand and have a level of principle, regardless of their previous votes. I mean, I, I think a lot of their votes are where policy moves, um, you know, but I think now that push has come to shove, now that our worst nightmares about Donald Trump that we had when we were curled in a fetal position four years ago today uh, have come true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think I think some Republicans are responding to that. Uh, But it is frightening, frightening the number who don't care about democracy and are willing to overturn this form of government. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of a silver lining in all of this insofar as Donald Trump is taking a chainsaw to the Republican Party right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is splitting it in two. And it's not necessarily about people walking away from Trump. It is really more about Trump rejecting other Republicans. You, Brian Kemp, you, Brad Raffensperger, you, Mitt Romney, you can't be part of this club anymore. You can't be part of the MAGA movement, the Red Hat movement. You can't be part of our little army. You're just going to go, we're going to oppose you. In fact, last night, Donald Trump said that uh, he's going to be there in a year back in Uh Georgia campaigning against Brian Kemp. He said, I guarantee you. Now, his guarantee means nothing. A guarantee coming from Donald Trump is about as useful as a paper condom. It's just not, you you don't believe it. But I mean, the the point is, is that he's willing to go down and destroy Brian Kemp, help the Democrats win that election. That's that's striking to me and indicative of the broader cleaving of the Republican Party, where it's really going to be two things. And that's good news. Having torn the fabric of uh, Americans. Uh, he's now tearing the fact, you know, his work there is done. He's Mm -hmm. divided the country as much as he possibly can, I think. Uh, although that may be put to the test tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, now he's, he's doing the same thing, tearing apart the Republican party, which is something we're actually kind of fine with. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it's, it brings about a reckoning that needs to be there, but along with Trump and Pence and, uh, Cruz and McCarthy and all the other Republican traitors, 
Um, we have to be concerned about the real problem, which is the people who support Trump. I just saw a CNN clip mm. today of Trump supporters saying uh, uh, that uh, Trump will still be president on January 21st. They're convinced of this. How's he going to do it? They don't know, but they know he will because he's Trump. Uh, they have that kind of faith. They yeah. are that deluded. And we're talking about millions of people who have this delusion. It may be a few million. They are a, a minority, certainly. Uh, they are quite noisy. Uh, we're going to have to deal with them, and we're going to see that in full color, I think, uh, uh, tomorrow. And uh, mm -hmm. I think I share everyone's nervousness about not only what's happening inside the halls of Congress tomorrow, but what will be happening on the outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, lots more details in that call that I want to talk about. The, the fact Good. that uh, Donald Trump said he found a way to, to make sure that he can continue being president. I don't know what that way is, but he, he told Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp and the rest of them, whoever was whoever else. Was was Kemp on that call? I, I, I know that no, Raffensperger was. I don't was. think so. Okay. I so. Oh, so, and, I, and I will, and I'll tease this. I'll talk about how that call came to be recorded and published. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Let's, yeah, because Amy Gardner, my God, she's got a one way ticket to a Pulitzer for that one. Did I just say Pulitzer? A Pulitzer Prize. You did. <laughs> she's got a it's, one way ticket to a Pulitzer Prize. Is there's what the Pulitzer. Yeah, yeah, let's get it straight. There's the Pulitzer and then there's the Noble. You have the Pulitzer Prize and the Noble. <laughs> that's, that's right. Thank yeah, you very much yeah. for clarifying sure. that. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm still on vacation <laughs> a little bit. You're fine. Okay. Well, just for my listeners, the Clean Phone, the top brand in UV sanitizing, is now offering their top rated, top selling, best reviewed wand product at 50% off and free two-day shipping. The Clean Phone Wand is a handheld UV sanitizer that helps you eliminate 99.9% .9 of bacteria and kill viruses in seconds on virtually any surface. It uses the same proven sanitizing technology employed by hospitals, so you can use it on packages, groceries, keyboard, tablets, money, food even, of course. Take it with you everywhere and at 50% off and free two-day shipping for a limited time. It's the perfect gift for anyone who needs it. It's super portable and with days of battery life, you can take it anywhere and make sure your environment is clean and safe. COVID cases are on the rise, so get the Clean Foam Wand at 50% off now, and they'll take 60% off a second wand. Go to thenewdealshop.com. That's thenewdealshop.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song, it keeps Georgia on my mind. Oh yeah, the great C.C. Grace, yeah. Just recorded this uh, cover of Georgia. Oh, man. Perfect. Perfect timing. Georgia. Uh, mesmerized. Okay. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, thank you, I have, I have to talk about this, too. First of all, you know what uh, CC's song here ha has in common with the Trump tape? What's that? You need to listen to the whole thing. That's right. Because <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what's amazing about CC Grace. Yeah. You need to listen to this song all the way through for the vocal arrangement of mm. what this woman. This woman's not only a great singer, but her vocal arrangement of this song is like nothing you've ever heard before. You have not heard this song. You think you've heard this song, but you've not heard this song until you hear her full version, which I know you will be playing at the end of the month. Indie Music Countdown. I almost forgot. We do that show. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, it's coming up at the end of January, so I'm looking forward to that, too. You know, as you need to support her. I would love yeah. for the listeners to support her and all the independent artists, but I just have a hunch about this woman. Uh, there's hit potential here. Uh, she's a very versatile and uh, just simply amazing. ccgrace.net is the website. You can also find her on uh, Facebook and everywhere you get your uh, digital music, etc., Spotify, and so on, Apple Music, and all the rest of them. Okay, so speaking of Georgia, Trump was in Georgia last night and said, they're not taking this White House. We're going to fight like hell. He said, we're not going to take it. <laughs> well, the good news is Brian Karam reported today that uh, 
He said here, I've spoken to the U.S. Marshals and the Secret Service. Quote, after noon on January 20, he won't be president, and we know how to deal with squatters, I've been told repeatedly. <laughs> Happy New Year to you! In That's jail. great. That's great. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the people, I've told you this before on the show, the people of Mar-a-Lago, the people of West Palm Beach do yeah. not want him living at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> he signed an agreement that he would not live there, that yep. it would be a resort. And now he's preparing, we assume, to violate that agreement. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're going to court. The, the people of West Palm Beach are going to court to prevent that from happening. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Trump, there's a plane, there's an official presidential plane. It's not usually designated Air Force One. It's frequently used by Vice President Pence and Melania. Uh, it's a slightly smaller plane. Mm-hmm. It has, uh, write this circle your calendar for this, it has announced a flight plan that has it arriving at the airport near Trump's golf course in Scotland on January 19th. <laughs> okay, sure. So what the hell does that mean? But but keep an eye on that because I think there might be some some interesting development. Yeah. Uh, Scotland, by the way, isn't having it right. uh, because right. they're, uh, they're not letting anybody in the country right now. And uh, the, one of the ministers there says it's... Uh, it's not going to make an exception for Trump. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon is uh, the official from Scotland who said, no, nah, you can't come in. No, nah, there's no way. Right. You're not going right. to Turnberry. That's not going to happen. And there are some people who are thinking, okay, is he fleeing? Is he fleeing the country? Well, I mean, if he fled to Scotland, that's the UK. We have extradition treaties with the, the United Kingdom. They would send him and, right on back if we charged him with they, crimes here. They, they would because they don't like him either. They don't like him a lot. No. <laughs> they don't like him a lot. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what he's planning to do probably just hiding his face for a while while the inauguration goes on but even in spite of that they're going to be carrying on a uh like a mock inauguration i mean right. the, the red hats are getting together on the 20th and they're going to put together a second inaugural for donald trump somewhere i don't know exactly where but that seems to be the plan maybe Maybe they should hold it in the woods where they were going to put uh, Christine Whitman on trial. So maybe maybe <laughs> That's that right. would be. So so tell me about, you You have the backstory of how this uh, tape ended up in the hands of Amy Gardner over the Washington Post. Uh, this this tape fun. of this, this Georgia fun. phone call. Yeah. We're, we're watching this story begin to unfold on television. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife, Marcia, turns to me with an astute question that is, how did they get this tape? Who gave them this tape? Who yeah. recorded this tape? Well, we have the answers now. Uh, a source in the uh, Georgia uh, Secretary of State's office says that uh, the decision was made to record that call by them, by that office. Yeah. It is an official recording of the Georgia Secretary of State. Why did they do it? Because Lindsey Graham had called asking mm-hmm. the secretary to throw out votes, and they didn't get that one on tape. And Lindsey just, when they said that what he had done, Lindsey just turned around and simply denied it so they uh this time they rolled tape on it i saw a clip from judge judy today and it looked like the poor guy was screwed he wasn't going to get his five thousand dollars that a woman had promised to pay him for a car and he didn't have the paperwork but you know what he had for judge judy he had a video that showed that had him reading the contract (laughs) uh, showing the contract to the camera signing the contract on camera and handing it to the woman in which we saw her sign the contract the guy won the case uh, <laughs> recording recording is how we got this this on trump a, a tape far more damning yeah far more damning than any of the nixon watergate tapes oh my god yeah let's hear a little bit of the tape right here oh, a little let's. Bit of the, the, the trump tape it's not maybe the wrong tape i don't know no i don't know <laughs> It sounds right. Pretty it's pissed off it, there, yeah. This, this is why you need to hear the whole thing, uh, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to just one of these excerpts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Everyone's heard by now the tape. Everyone's <laughs> yes, listened to it. I hope. It's, it's not. It, I, besides, I'm gonna piss off everybody. They're like 2021, oh, no, and no. you're always you're already playing the sound of Trump's voice, Bob. This is the homework for our listeners. If you have not already heard the tape in yeah. its entirety. Uh, Make like it's a CeCe Grace's version of Georgia and listen to the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because as someone wisely pointed out on Twitter, 
uh, listening to the whole thing in context, mm. uh, it's only an hour. Yeah, you can do it while you're taking a bath. Uh, the listening to the whole thing in context is much worse. You realize that that call is much worse than any of the individual uh, excerpts that can be drawn from it. That's right. So if you've not heard the whole thing yet, I know it doesn't sound like fun. Uh, listen to it, as Eugene Robinson put it, uh, listen to it as much as you can. Yeah, you know, I do have the tape here. Do you want to hear a little bit of it? The only, I, if and maybe you have this clip and maybe you don't, but the one where he says, come on, fellas, I just need 11,000 votes. Yeah, that one? let's see. I think it may be right here at the beginning. Let's hear a little bit of this. We have won this election in Georgia based on all of this. And there's there's nothing wrong with with saying that, Brad. You know, I mean, having... The, having a correct, you, the people of Georgia are angry, and these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Ah, see right there, that's and, a bunch of horse shit. He's asking and, them to just fabricate numbers. That's what do that you have. Is. Do you have the next two lines, two or three lines? Yeah, let's see here. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is oh. the data you have is wrong. Yeah, okay, thank, yeah. bless him for saying that. Yeah. He goes on to say, so what are we going to do here, folks? I only need 11,000 votes, fellas. Give me a break. <sighs> so what are we going to do here, folks? Uh, yeah. he's, he's asking, uh, along with recalculate, he is uh, pressuring mm-hmm. to uh, have the Georgia Secretary of State Overturn the results of that state's election, which would not change the outcome of the yeah. national election. The man's insane. He's totally insane. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, all this trouble would have just... Let's say he was successful with this call. Brad Raffensperger, his attorney, um, Ryan something something, and then uh, uh-huh. let's say Brian Kemp. They all decide, okay, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to go along with Trump. We're going to give him this. So they give him somehow Georgia's electoral votes through something, something, something. It's like the underpants gnome equations. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And then electoral college victory for Donald Trump in Georgia. That still wouldn't win him the election. No. It wouldn't get get him close to it even. It would just, you know, put Pennsylvania and Nevada and, uh, and Arizona and Michigan and Wisconsin on the table again. And I don't know. He's probably had these kind of conversations with, people in those states i'm sure he has i mean we'd be ridiculous and naive to think that oh this hasn't happened this is just in georgia he seemed to imply in this tape at one point that he's got some other plans in the works that he's doing other things my assumption was he's also strong arming officials in the other states but it's too late i don't know what he expects to happen at this point to retract the certification to retract the it's just nonsense right well it isn't about winning in the sense that you and i define winning yeah he has his own definition of winning he lost bob you know of of five dozen court cases five dozen court cases Mm -hmm. in an attempt but he won in a way yeah Uh, the way he won was although he lost all the cases in court it continued to get his story out there Mm -hmm. that the election was rigged uh tomorrow's vote uh that will wednesday's vote that will likely spill into thursday um, uh, the, the, the votes by the joint session of Congress to uh, certify Joe Biden's win, they will all fail. They, they may waste, uh, lawmakers may waste two hours per state with as many as six states. That's why this could spill into a second day, this, yeah. this vote. Uh, it won't succeed. So why are they doing it? Because it isn't about succeeding. It's about planting the idea that the Biden presidency is illegitimate. Yeah. It's about, about, and and that, they believe, will give them political capital to go forward. It isn't about winning in the courts. It isn't about winning the vote in Congress. It's about getting the story out there. And that has succeeded. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I would say, too, on top of it, in in fact, maybe running parallel with it, is the drive to just keep the Red Hats happy. They can't win in 2022 or 2024 unless they've got the Trump coalition on board, unless they've got the Red Hats, the MAGA movement. And this is all about pandering to them and fluffing them to make sure that they're willing to support people like Ted Cruz and so on with his visible layer of slime and, you know, all the rest of these ads 
assholes, Jim Jordan. And the, yeah, these guys need the red hats. They know that that's their bread and butter. And they know, too, that if they do something that runs contrary to Donald Trump, that Donald Trump will say, go get them, sick them. You know, release the hounds and get those Republicans because they're not going to be in my club anymore. And then the Red Hats are going to go nuts. The Boogaloo Boys, who are at least cosplaying as terrorists and uh, the Proud Boys and whoever, going to start, you know, the harassment thing. And then suddenly their money dries up and they can't, you know, run an adequate campaign and they're primary challenged. And so that's why they're doing this. This is self-preservation. And this is why the Republican Party is splitting because there are, you know, there's a much smaller faction of people who are still clinging to the remnants of the old Republican Party. But by and large, it's the new Trump Party. And yeah, the Trump, the Trump Party is, the, yeah, they're busy yeah, weeding out any disloyalists. The Trump Republican Party is yeah. bigger now <laughs> than the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the real Republicans, uh, the, the ones we disagree with on policy, but who at least understand the principles mm-hmm. of our democracy. Uh, I can't, my mind, Bob, keeps going back to that CNN clip of the Trump supporters who say, oh, no, 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 he, he Trump will continue to be president after January 20th. He will make that happen. I, I keep thinking about how they're going to feel when they wake up on the 21st or when they realize by the 30th or whenever it finally dawns on them that they have been duped and that Donald Trump isn't the president anymore. Yeah. They still may not accept uh, Joe Biden as their legitimate president just as we have not accepted Donald Trump as our legitimate president. That could still happen, but it will occur to them that uh, there's another guy. It's a, like the old Bobcat Goldthwait joke. I, I didn't really lose my job. It's just that when I go there now, somebody else is doing it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a little bit like that. So they're going to realize that somebody else is doing that job. Um, and and I, I think they're probably going to be a little sore. Well, th- this happens to them all the time, though. That's my thing <laughs> with the Red Hats and that entire movement is they are constantly having the rug pulled out from under them with the facts. And yet they don't even acknowledge it. It's like, you know, Donald Trump was swearing to them that if Joe Biden won the presidency, Christmas would be canceled and the um, the stock market would crash and all the rest of it. That's not happening. And, you know, again, it's like when you hear some cult announce that, you know, January 28th is going to be the last day of existence and the world is going to come to an end on that day and we're all going to be dead. And then it's suddenly January 29th and we're like, whoops, I guess it's not today. And then Trump, uh, <laughs> and we, you and I have talked about this is. before. It's been a long time since we discussed this, but yeah. Trump lives in the moment for the moment. Right. He doesn't see the past. He doesn't see the future. He only sees this half hour. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize that Trump supporters, the Trump voters, uh, many of them, most of them perhaps, uh, are the same way. They have the same short attention span. So, you you know, Trump can get them riled up on uh, a Wednesday about the Democrats are going to cancel Christmas and uh, turn off the hot water in your shower. Yeah. And <laughs> and by Friday, they're onto something else. Mm-hmm. And they believed it uh, during the time that he was saying it, but then he and they move on to another line. Yeah, yeah. And it's all under the auspices of our ongoing observation about jetpacks made of beef. That Donald Trump can promise right. jetpacks made of beef, and they'll all go, yay, we're getting them. And they're not getting them. Because they're not bright, they would eat their jetpacks. That's exactly right. That's even if they got them, and they won't get them, even if he promised them. And that's, uh, that's the ongoing conundrum that they face. I mean, for example, Trump thinks Pence can unilaterally reject fraudulent electors tomorrow or yeah even tomorrow. though yeah even though pence and others in the white house have told trump over and over again in no uncertain terms that pence cannot do that right right and and it just doesn't soak in he's still convinced that if pence really is loyal He'll do it, mm-hmm. regardless of what these other people are saying. Yeah, and there's no power of the vice president that suggests he can reject electors by himself unilaterally. No, it just doesn't happen. Zero. But Trump tweeted it today anyway, and I'm sure all kinds mm-hmm. of people in the replies are saying, yay, yay, I can't wait for Mike Pence to do that. And then Mike Pence is not going to be able to do that. The other oh, thing, Oh, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's a good thing he has uh, tickets out of town when this is over. Because <laughs> yeah. He's going to need to beat feet. No doubt. And, you know, I'm sure you saw, Buzz, the story that was uh, coming up. It was, I think it was maybe a couple of days before Christmas, but 
the entire Red Hat Entertainment Complex was going batshit about some conspiracy theory involving Brad Raffensperger's brother working for China. Oh, well, Ron. Yes, Ron Raffensperger. Uh, Kenneth Raffensperger. It might as well be Nathaniel Raffensperger. You could just make up whatever first name because... Brad Raffensperger doesn't have a brother, much right. less a brother who works for China. And that, you know, took a few days for it to come out. And I'm sure the Red Hats saw that and were like, well, whatever. We're and, still going to say the, he has a brother. And that same conservative media isn't reporting on this tape. No. The, the coverage of this tape, uh, there's been virtually none on Fox mm. and, and uh, Newsmax or whatever the other uh, stupid uh, conservative outlets are. Yeah. Uh, there's been little or no mention of this tape. One of the most outrageous things ever to happen in history, uh, like I said, puts the Nixon's Watergate tape to shame. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's getting no attention. And uh, so we have a divided country and a divided media and uh, we're never going to get anything done as long as half of the country or even 30% of the country is denying reality. What do you think he meant by this, Buzz? He said uh, during this phone call, we do have a way, but I don't want to get into it. We found a way. And then he said, we don't need that. I'm not looking to shake up the whole world. What do you think that other well, way that he may or may not apply here? What do you think that is? All, what do you think he's talking yeah. about? Uh, you know, there's no way of knowing. Uh, first of all, yeah. I think, it, you know, one thing, it could be complete bullshit. It mm -hmm. could be completely nonsense. It yeah. could mean absolutely nothing at all. It could be a reference to, uh, if you saw Rachel last night, uh, she highlighted something that uh, had not been noticed, I think, by a lot of people who uh, wrote the transcripts, but I've heard it in the tape. I've seen it uh, on, on in print while listening to the tape, read along. Uh, at one point, he said uh, something about the uh, never-Trumper U.S. attorney there in Atlanta in northern. Oh, yeah. Uh, that U.S. attorney announced his sudden and unexpected resignation yesterday with no explanation, citing only unforeseen circumstances. Does that mean that someone perhaps more loyal to Trump will take his place to carry out Trump's vague threat to Raffensperger <laughs> that Raffensperger could be facing legal trouble if he doesn't uh, reverse yeah. the results of Georgia's election. Uh, there is still the military, uh, the true military leaders at the Pentagon, the ones who are actually of rank, uh, are very fearful of what the civilian leadership, mm -hmm. loyal to Trump, that's recently been put into place, uh, will do, what Trump himself will do. Uh, Pentagon military officials have made a list of all the things they think Trump might try to do and how they might respond to those things. They're trying to prepare. Even they don't know which route he might choose. Hmm. Uh, he may think that Pence is the his way out of this. Uh, he's deluded about that, too. And, and this claim that he still has another way to do this could be a delusion. So uh, he, it could be anything. It could be nothing. You know what? I really hope that happens. I hope he orders the new U.S. attorney in, uh, I, I forget, it. maybe it's northern Georgia. No, I'm not no, sure northern district. There's northern a, district. And by the yeah. way, the, the U.S. attorney from the middle district suddenly resigned last month. Yes, so exactly. now uh, the, middle, uh, the middle district and the northern district U.S. attorneys have resigned within 30 days of each other, suddenly and unexpectedly, just in time for Trump to put someone more loyal in their place to try to prosecute Raffensperger and to try to somehow interfere. <laughs> and overthrow this election. Can you imagine if Donald Trump starts going around arresting state-level Republican officials? Jesus Christ, please do, Mr. President. Please go for it, uh, one-term biff. Have at it. You want to talk about a split in the Republican Party? That'd be the final cut with the chainsaw. That's the last little bit that Trump would need to uh, to permanently split the Republican Party into two pieces, making them not only permanently split, but a permanent minority uh, in uh, in terms of governing, especially I nationally. Think, I think permanent minority is a possibility. I yeah. think I think you're looking you're looking live at the uh, destruction <laughs> of the Republican Party. On that note, we'll take a short break. Back with more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business 
proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. I stumbled around, head in the sky, feet on the ground. I was So down, didn't know how to turn it around. Who came? That's the great Dave Moulter right here. A brand new song called It Was You. Brand spanking new. It's making its rounds right now on all kinds of podcasts and radio stations. It's a tribute to the pop acts of the mid-60s, mostly uh, American acts like the Turtles or the Monkees but also British acts like the Kinks. To me, you know what this sounds like, Buzz? What? This sounds like this could be the theme song to just about any like late 80s sitcom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I totally perfect. agree. But it may be just exactly what we need right now. It oh, is yeah. a pep- peppy, happy-feeling song, and uh, you know we need more of those. Absolutely. Link in the description at bobseska.com to support Dave Moulter, support CC Grace, and all of our indie uh, musicians here on the show. Okay, so let's see what's next. Um, you may have heard on this tape with Donald Trump, with Brad Raffensperger, and so on, mm-hmm. he's got a new... Uh, attorney working for him now that attorney's name is cleta mitchell and when i heard that cleta mitchell is now working for donald trump i nearly shit myself because now this show has one degree of the kevin bacon six degrees of separation one degree of separation between us and this georgia phone call with donald trump and brad raffensperger oh my and i'll explain how that works uh, our good friend, Cliff Schechter, who's the co-host of the Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I've known Cliff for many, many years now, going all the way to Blogosphere 1.0. Well, Cliff was on MSNBC in 2006. I think the host was Nora O'Donnell. And Nora put Cliff next to Cleta Mitchell who is the Cleta Mitchell from this new Trump tape. Right. And it's one of the greatest cable news takedowns of a Republican that has ever been aired in history. This is a little bit, we're going to play a little bit of this. Oh, good. This is Cliff Schechter from 2006, totally owning Cleta Mitchell. This is a a piece of brilliance right here. Those of you who are, uh, you know, maybe taking media training or getting getting ready to go on MSNBC or starting to become a uh, political analyst for cable news. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this very carefully. We're going to start out. It's going to be the tail end of what Cleta Mitchell was saying. And then Cliff jumps right in. All of the Republicans are tainted. It's a terrible situation. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be investigated. And that is what's happening. Can I respond to that? Sure. I mean, that's that's just hysterical. I'm not sure what planet you're living on, Cleta. I mean, one... You're saying there's one incident on the Republican side? Yes, this is one incident. Let's see, you've got Randy Duke Cunningham, who's in prison. You've got Bob Ney, who's going to prison. You've got Tom DeLay, who's probably going to prison. You've got Bill Frist being investigated for insider trading. You've got Denny Hastert, who covered up what uh, Mark Foley was doing and is being investigated for it now. You've got Tom Reynolds, who covered up and is being investigated. You have Bob Corker being investigated in Tennessee (laughs) over shady land deals. You've got George Allen being investigated for the fact that he might have stuffed a deer's head into an African-American couple's 
Devil's Mailbox uh, back when he was a younger man. And I could go on and on. Let's see, Jack Abramoff, uh, Scooter Libby. Do you want me to take this whole show? I mean, what a joke, Cleo. I mean, it's not even what you say is laughable on its face. One person, your whole party is a party right now that is basically a party of criminals and pedophiles. They're getting busted <laughs> everywhere. You've got more and more people going to prison. Conrad Burns might be the next one to fall, as well as other Those are absolutely not true. I mean, not you, true? You, no, okay. that is not okay, true. Cleta. Conrad Burns, the Justice Department has announced he's not okay, a target. Okay, you get the idea. That's the great yeah. stuff, Schecter. Yeah, just completely and owning Cleta Mitchell. Perfect. I'm, guess, I'm guessing he did that without notes. Oh, what I would pay to have a mind that sharp. I mean, Jesus, that is uh, basically a full-on litany of all of the scandals that were happening back in 2006, leading up to that midterms that saw... The Democrats retake the House, retake the Senate, and uh, completely screw over the final two years of uh, George and, W. Bush's second and, term. And, yeah, and, and how how many years have gone by since that recording was made? Yeah. I, and and my point of the question, it's a rhetorical question, because my point is they have not changed. Nope. If anything, they have gotten worse. The Republican Party is now the anti-Democratic Party. You have the Democratic Party, and you have the anti-democracy party. Right. And that's what uh, the Republicans have become. They are... And they've made it very clear, uh, quite a number of them, a frightening number of them, scores and scores of them have made it very clear that they are against democracy in favor of Donald Trump. Yep, exactly. Well, you know what? We've got, uh, speaking of Georgia, we've got one last uh, thing here to talk about before we wrap up the show today, and that's, of course, the Georgia runoff that's happening tonight. And, you know, as we always do when we're recording a show just, just several hours before some big news event, hello, future people. Who won the election? We don't know. We're sitting here in the past. We have no idea. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, at the rally last night in Georgia, Trump referred to Kelly Loeffler as Karen, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Not accurate, but you know, per- and yet appropriate. Yeah, yeah, perfectly uh, magoo of Donald Trump to do that. Oh, magoo! You've done it again. <laughs> bad, bad mistake. Yeah, but, but she is a Karen. Yeah. I, here's here's my. I'm going to express my feeling, even though it will be outdated uh, by the time the the results are counted. Yeah. Um. I I think we're going to win both seats. Mm. If one of the seats is at question, it's probably Reverend Warnock because yeah. I think there's there's more fear about him among red hats than than there is about Ossoff, who is a bit more centrist and an amazing politician. They're both great men, and both should get the job. Yeah. It, it, it is, as, we, uh, as the votes are being cast as we speak, um, it is crucial that Democrats win both seats in order for the Biden agenda to go forward, in order for us to fix the, uh, our, the way we address the COVID pandemic, and uh, also to finally address the climate crisis that Trump has only made worse. And our only hope yeah. for COVID and for climate is uh, Democratic control of the Senate. And so I hope if you're listening to this after the results are in, uh, hope for the sake of the of the pandemic patients and for the sake of the people of this planet that uh, that that both Democrats won their races. This is going to be a big test, not only in terms of it's ousting close. Mitch McConnell, but also in terms of what I've been talking about, uh, yes. certainly since the election, is that you know we got to dominate these elections from now on. I mean, these red hats are pounding on the door to be let back in. They want to uh, retain power where they have it. They want to recapture power where they don't have it. And we know what that looks like when they have power yep. and guided by this ridiculous Trumpism. It's going to be a an ongoing battle between you know the the forces of reality versus the forces of fantasy and we'll see how that plays out tonight i keep saying that the the way to defeat them the way to turn out the way to uh, end up on top is to register as many voters and get those voters to the polls and it looks like in georgia that stacy abrams is is making a herculean effort to mm-hmm. uh get that to happen and that's a uh, quite a relief to uh, see but the proof will be in the results of the election. And so that's what I'm sort of on the edge of my seat for a couple of reasons, not only in terms of the uh, majority in the Senate, but also in terms of, you know, maybe a, a forecast in terms of what we can expect in future elections. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, at that point, we will uh, wrap up here. 
and uh, move along. You know what? Just real quick, as far as the polls go, I know this is kind of irrelevant at this point, but uh, both Warnock and Ossoff are leading in the polls, at least according to the RCP average, yes. by 0.5%. So it's barely, it is, they're barely over the top in terms of the polls. So who knows? It is close. I've seen polls that say 3%. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's going to be, I see a lot of great indicators. It is a close race, and it is important that we start winning these things in much bigger numbers. I think Democrats have learned that. As I mentioned on the New Year's Eve show, the motivation of young voters is as high now as it was uh, in the November election. So there was reason for optimism uh, as we go into this evening and find out what the results really are. And and before we wrap up, I just want to say something about my my pending retirement. Uh, I've had a chance to do some thinking, and I want to do a lot of exciting things after I finish that last newscast. Mm -hmm. There are three. So so stick around. I'm not going anywhere. But there are three. There are three newscasts left, and uh, the final date was predetermined actually four years ago. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea that the ideal time to retire and get out and travel and see the world would be in the dead of winter in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I thought, I thought, gee, that's just brilliant on my part. Mm. Uh, so wish me luck. I'll be doing other projects. <laughs> Stick around. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, your impending retirement from uh, Buzz Burbank News and Comment here as we uh, get closer to, what is it, January 21st? That's going to be your the, last newscast? The day after Inauguration Day, that's right. Wow, holy shit. So, yeah, that's going to be a topic of conversation on the show between now and then for sure. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Be- uh, I'm looking forward to Act 2. I'm looking forward to what you do after you're done doing the news every week because that's going to be super exciting as well. Obviously, you're continuing so. on with this show, but yes, some, of the, yes. some of the things you've mentioned in terms of what you have planned for after you're done doing the news uh, sounds really uh, great, really exciting. So I'm looking Can't forward wait. to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the Postmortem Show is coming up next on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Show. Sign up for $5 a month, and you can listen to two Postmortem Shows a month. When this music is done playing, we keep on talking, and that becomes the uh, extra little bit of bonus content you get on our Patreon page. Plus, if you sign up for $10 a month, you get the Postmortem Show, plus the Friday After Party with me and Kimberly Johnson every Friday. And uh, it's, it's uh, salacious. It's tantalizing sex uh-huh. toys rock and roll politics uh, and buzzburbank.com you can listen to the final three newscasts over there and everywhere you get your podcast take care folks bye bye